Hello and welcome to another episode of the Total Scottish Football Show. I'm joined today by Samuel. Hello. And Caden. You alright? And I'm Ryan. Just so you actually know who our voices are, because I realised at the start of these episodes, uh, typically I kind of just don't let anybody say hi and we roll into it, so you've got to guess who we are. Um, today, uh, it's, a, it's a tough one for me, because about 40 minutes ago, Rangers just uh, finished their game against Ajax, so we'll be discussing that. Uh, obviously, Celtic v Real Madrid. Hearts will be Europe for the uh, European group stages for the first time in a long time, coming up on Thursday. Talk a little bit about what's been going on in the Scottish Premiership, and then have a wee look to the games coming this weekend. Celtic, they, they brought the game to Real Madrid. I mean, I, I know that none of us actually watched the game, in all honesty. I saw... Ryan, Ryan hmm? I've just got a question. You're talking about Celtic Real Madrid. I feel like you've skipped an important fixture since the last podcast. Oh, <laughs> For the life of me, I cannot think which game it was. Caden, who did Rangers play? Was it Celtic they played? Oh, um, it doesn't matter. Does, is that who they played? What was the score again, Ryan? Um, <laughs> In the old firm? Oh, the old firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the score? Oh, that's it. Was it, was it one? No, it wasn't one. <laughs> was, it, was, it, was, it, was it two? No, that seems a bit far-fetched. Mm, no, I don't think it was three. What Caden, was it? I can't remember. I Rangers went to Parkhead, they got beat 4-0, they looked shit. I will get onto it when I talk about both Celtic and Rangers in Europe because I think that the weekend's performance really encapsulates where each team is at in terms, yeah, I couldn't agree more, to be fair. In terms like, of their level. There's such a disparity in oh. the level that the team... I don't think there's a disparity in the level of quality of the players, it's the level those players play at. Yes, I completely agree. It, it's uh, we're really starting to highlight for Rangers just how bad Celtic had to be in the season that Steven Gerrard made them win. Like, don't get me wrong, it was going invincible and only conceding thirteen goals. There's a like such that like that's incredible. But if Celtic had actually not had Neil Lennon at the helm. <laughs> realistically they're probably bringing the fight to rangers that season it's not as comfortable and to be fair neil lennon cypriot champion you've jumped in i mean he's not a separate champion yet so wind your neck in uh he's he's currently led omonia whatever the face to the europe uh, europe league group stage where we'll play man united at old trafford uh they've also got former rangers player brandon parker Parker and adam matthews (laughs) it's a bizarre bizarre Turn of events. You but... might remember him from our Charlton football manager, Caden, Adam Matthews. Sturdy wingback. Ah, so shout out to Uncle John, who's Xbox <laughs> <laughs> Weekly mention. Let's get on to Let's get on to Celtic Real Madrid. Because uh, I didn't watch this full game because I didn't want to watch this full game. Because I had a, a little bit of a fear that Celtic might actually do something here. Um, I had the BT goal show on. And whenever they actually cut to Glasgow for the first 45 minutes... Celtic looked evenly matched, if not better, than Real Madrid for good portions of it. Um, Callum McGregor hit the post, and what would have been fucking unbelievable goal. Um, and the biggest note for me to take away from the game was that Rayo Hattati is way, way better than I thought he was. I thought he was a good footballer, but fuck me. None of these players have got He's got a, a passing range I generally didn't know he had. Would, I thought he was a lot more one trick from that. Like, yeah. you know, he's quite good. I mean, he's got a good long shot on him, and he's quite press resistant. But jeez, there was a there was a pass. I'm sure passing. everybody's seen it, where it's like from like a throw in, and basically on the volley, he passes straight into the wing, um, for whoever it was, one of the the Celtic wingers to run straight onto the ball, no no questions asked, starting a really quick counter attack. It was he. In, the biggest thing I feel like I noticed from these uh, these Celtic players was that none of them looked out of place playing at that level. For the first time in a while, the Celtic in Europe, they looked comfortable with the way they were playing. They looked confident. And they, they felt like what Rangers felt like last season, where they, they wanted to take the game and actually show that they can compete with this top-level opponent. Look... They they obviously ultimately lost 3-0 in the end, and I think that 
the story of that is you've got to take your chances because Celtic had a collection of chances all throughout the first half and even the start of the second half. Um, but Real Madrid are Real Madrid, aren't they? They're European champions. It's eventually, they're going to break you down. Um, one of the, the funny I... things I've seen from this, though, is <laughs> Rangers fans on sites like Follow Follow <laughs> basically implying that um, if, if, we, if we just do what Real Madrid does with uh, seven world-class players and uh, the rest of them be made up of extremely good footballers, we could beat Celtic no bother. No problem. Easy. Well, do you know what I saw from a Celtic fan? So someone compared the... Cons- so people were saying, oh, Celtic lost to Real Madrid, you know, really toe-to-toe, and some people were saying it was because of the financial uh, disparity. Oh, look, they can sub players on worth 20 million, 30 million. And someone made the comparison that they're, they're going to Livingston on the weekend. And a Celtic fan said, yeah, but that's achievable for any club. You, your clubs just don't spend your money wisely and all you need to do is sell a bit more merchandise. <laughs> Someone on Twitter, he said, you need to spend more money on merchandise. And, like, your clubs need to sell more merchandise, sell more tickets and be a proper football club and, and try and play football. <laughs> they think that Livingston can just sell a few more scarves. A few more fridge magnets. Millions. Okay. Well, they say sell another five hundred scarves, and you'll basically be buying Jota next window. That's just easy to do. Half and half. Oh, on Livingston, I actually need to jump in. I retweeted this on the Total Scottish Football Twitter account. If you haven't followed it, you should. Um, it was <laughs> David Martindale talking about Hasbula. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is the best crossover since Liam Gordon and Ryland. I think that I think I might be fighting for first place. Well, that I, I tweet completely I was agree. referring to, just quickly. Have you considered the possibility that if your club sold more tickets in March, spent money wisely, and attempted to be an actual proper football team, you'd be able to compete? <laughs> referring to a Livingston, Livingston Celtic. Old Firm fans are genuinely on a different planet, aren't they? <laughs> Glasgow you may as well be its own fucking like, planet with the way that these folk act. Jesus Christ. Just on the, the, the David Martindale thing, it's, uh, for those who haven't seen it, he's talking about this wee Hasbilla fella and his daughter said him. This wee Hasbilla fella! <laughs> his, his daughter has sent him like a screenshot of her doing like the, the FaceTime thing with Hasbilla and said, just on FaceTime with my dad. And showing that in a presser was the funny, it, it just summed up David Martindale. And Samuel obviously does not like the man. I think he's fucking brilliant. Like, this is so yeah, funny. Right. I mean, he's a Rangers fan, so of course you'd like him. I have to admit, a lot of the reason I, it's, it's just a bit of a joke. Like, I don't of actually course. go to bed hating No, you do. David you do. I, I, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. that you actively pray for his downfall every night before bed. <laughs> I've actually got a poster of him on my wall. And it motivates me to get up every morning so I can be more successful than David Martin. And throw darts at him. Just... <laughs> oh, damage my wall. Say right between the eyes is 180. <laughs> I hit triple threes, so I'll be fine. Um, yeah, so... He's, he's got a bit of a personality. Don't wrong, I don't like him, but... He's very cinch, though. He, he is yeah, very, very cinch. Um, look, I don't have too much to say about the Celtic game. Uh, there was, to be fair... It is worth talking about that third Real Madrid goal for that Hazard goal. The, I'm pretty sure it was the third one. Um, there must have been about 40 to 50 passes in it was son, Actually, I could get you up right now how many passes oh, it was. He's going to put me to shame when it's like seven. No, <laughs> no, you're right. It was in the 30s. because Like, it was so good. Um, but do you know something that really struck me? Even at 2-0 down, the Celtic players were still chasing every single pass down. And they were, it they back were playing... Play the Celtic way. They didn't back down just because they're against European champions, and it worked. You can tell they've got an identity there, though, which is massive. Like, Huge. a team having a philosophy and identity for a manager can mean everything. I mean, look at Manchester United in recent years under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, for example. Bit, bit of a loose example, but, like, they didn't really have an identity, they yeah. were lost. Well, that's, it was you know, um, 34 passes uh, to lead to that goal. Um, and but, to, but talking about the identity, that's what... Postacoglu said before the game, he was like, we won't change the way we play just because we're playing against Real Madrid. We're going to play our way. And you know what? See if, see if literally one or two of those chances were it taken. It could have been 2-0 up. It could have been 2-0 up. Exactly. Like, totally different game. 
it'll, it'll reap its rewards. Eventually, you'll see them come up with a big giant killing, or they'll make it out of a group. I've just got a feeling. If well, they keep playing that way. If you look at the... I believe that their groups, they, they've got Shakhtar and Leipzig in there, and Shakhtar yeah. beat Leipzig, what, 3-1? 4-1 or something like four that? 4-1. Four one. Four one. Yeah. I think that, that second is more than doable for them. That, like, if they play the way that they did against Real Madrid and actually finish on those chances... They, they could comfortably make it out of this group, as far as I'm concerned. I, I really do believe it. Leipzig look a mess. Shakhtar are beatable at 100%. Yeah, definitely. It, it, I mean, it's Celtic are one of the scariest teams to play in Europe at the moment. Which is like, insane. Even Real Madrid fans are scaring for them. But I think it's the way they play, but Postacoglu's taken time. And over a year, he has just turned them into a monster. I think they're you're that done United don't wrong. I don't think you'll see them battering teams nine 0 so often. That was kind of like the perfect storm. There'll be plenty of sevens and sixes again this season. Oh, I, I Livingston while we're under David Martindale somehow managed to challenge everyone. I mean, they nearly beat Rangers last time they played Celtic at um, Celtic Park. They drew 0 0 Like they've just got a knack about them against the bigger teams. So talking about yeah. Rangers, we should move on to another four 0 beating. <sighs> So Rangers, <laughs> Rangers have now conceded for uh, eight goals and 180 minutes of football. Um, what, what do you, what do I really say about it? Um, so people are calling from McLaughlin's head, right? I'm not sure if you lot seen the goals in the yes, old farm. Thinking. I saw the old farm. I've not seen that actually. I'll have to watch that. I part. only saw the highlights. I'll be honest. I was um out. Look, so. <laughs> People are really deciding because he's not Arnold McGregor, he's shite, right? And he he obviously fucked up for the fourth goal, passed it awkwardly, balls ended up on the back of the net. These things happen. The amount of times goalkeepers have made mistakes, and especially in derbies and big games, is countless. The idea that people are saying he's actually a shit goalkeeper and hasn't done anything for us is bizarre to me. Um, people seem to have a short memory in the fact that he started the first 11 or 12 games of the Invincible season. He was very much at the core of making sure we didn't concede for so long at the start. He, and this idea that because he hasn't made any wonder saves, um, any wonder saves recently, I'd, I'd like Al McGregor that he's incapable. Every shot that more or less came at him in the old firm, right? People are saying, you should do better, you should do better. Fourth one, obviously, yeah, but yeah, the, the other three, right? He's kind of left it to dry. It's it's more it's a Rangers problem and not a McLaughlin problem, as far There's as I'm concerned. Two issues, to be honest, of all, he's not got that reputation or stature. Mm-hmm. He's not an internationally recognised goalkeeper. I think he was he at Sunderland before he came to Rangers, mm-hmm. League One level. You know, he's not got that big reputation that McGregor. So do you know McGregor made a mistake? You can back that up with, oh well, here's. Yeah. 30 European performances are going. Here's five times he saved us in the last minute. You know, here's all the Scotland caps. He had that protection. Whereas McLaughlin, it's like, oh well, he's not that great. Right. I still think he's a very good goalie, and I still think he's probably better than McGregor now. I think so. I'm surprised McGregor didn't play tonight. To be honest, I'm glad um, he did. I didn't. thought he would maybe rest him and leave him out the firing line because I feel like McLaughlin probably needed. A break. Not that I'm not, I've not watched tonight's game. I don't know if he was at fault for any of the goals. I doubt he was because the defence seems shambolic. Sands at centre half doesn't convince me. Bro, I it, he oh. was our best player tonight. Really? If I, had, if I had to pick a player tonight that actually put in a performance and yeah. looked like he cared, James Sands. I, I, Fair enough. On the total flip side of that, I actually think that he is surprising me with how good he is at centre back. Obviously, it's all a bit. It's interesting. It's, e- it's easier for me to, to say because I watch him week in, week out, yeah. don't I? Uh-huh. The only times I've seen him this season are I, f- I assume he played against Saints, but he would have had nothing nothing to do. Yeah. And sports scene when he holds the striker down twice in a row and she got sent off. And then all I can really judge is off social media. But I still feel like, I don't know, He's... Rangers' back line seems weak at the moment. I think that it's more the. A Barisic problem? Or is that... uh, no, because you see, even in the, the old format, Barisic was one of the few players that actually had something about him. Well. Because I think it's an easy thing as well, because Barisic was so good last season, people are like, yeah. Barisic isn't as good. So he's scapegoated quite often. McLaughlin gets pelt-housed. I still think he'll do, a, if you stick with him all season, he'll do a good service, but McGregor should probably, if you're going to keep him, you may as well play him occasionally. However, I do think you should have gone for Xander Clark. 
I'd, some people are going to laugh at that. I, I feel like he he would have conceded no more than eight goals in those two games he's played. I, I, I 100% stand by that. I, I've said it before in this podcast, I thought Xander was destined for one of the Glasgow teams. Coming into his prime as well, whereas you're, I mean, McLaughlin's just exiting his and yeah. McGregor's way past his. I, on, on McLaughlin, I'm glad we didn't drop him from tonight. Coming from a family of goalkeepers, and I, I know what it's oh, like one. if you have a shite performance and then you get dropped for the next game because of it. It's it's different if you're a centre-half or a midfielder or a striker because you can come on 65 minutes into the game. Yeah. Goalkeepers don't get that. And whatever. Yeah. yeah, whereas a goalkeeper, you're kind of into the wilderness. Exactly. But I still feel like it, I'd like to have protected the goalie since you've got that other option. If it was at St. Johnson, for example, and Remy Matthews had a bad week, you, we've not got a quality... I mean, I like Elliot Parrish, but you've not got a quality goalkeeper that's the same. You yeah. can just kind of offer him in, put him back in next week. I feel like I probably would have just given McLaughlin a week after, especially after an old firm. It's a massive game. And in my opinion, I don't think he played poorly. I've not seen tonight's performance, to be honest. I don't think he played poorly against Rain. It's out too much part from his mistake. But just to get a bit of the heat off him, obviously you then run the risk of, McGl- of uh, McGregor having a blinder yeah, and all of a sudden, that, that I you think know, it's about pressure on. But I think Gio's made a decision, and he's really trying to make it known that he's sticking with it. He's not going to change it, no matter what people say. Um, McLaughlin actually made a handful of good saves to prevent it from being worse. I think that him and James Sands, James Sands actually for the second goal, he was the reason that went in because it deflected off of him. It was just unlucky. But other than that, he was him and McLaughlin where I'd say 90% of the reason that it was not five or six goals. Um, it's just, wait, Rangers just look like, like at a weird level. We have quality players that don't play quality football. And then the question becomes like, is it an issue with Gio? Has Gio literally just struck gold with last season, making a run to the Europa League final, making us think we've got a decent, decent manager on our hands. And then now he's actually here. I disagree. I never really feel like coaches. Get... Obviously, there's some luck in football, but I don't think a coach can get that lucky. With unless he, unless you're like you know Dimitri with Chelsea and you've got the best. <laughs> I disagree with that firmly. Again, you don't get lucky to win a cup double. It just doesn't. It just doesn't happen. Like you've got to win all those games. That you're doesn't right. happen by chance. I feel like. In Van Bronckhorst, I don't think that he's not the same class as Postecoglou, and I think that's what's getting him found out. I feel like if this was a Van Bronckhorst against any of the other Celtic managers in between Rodgers and Postecoglou, I think he'd be fine. Yeah. But I think because Celtic, and you know, Celtic will beat six number Real Madrid, you wouldn't be talking about this in the same vein. But because Celtic, it's things look so rosy in the green hat of Glasgow, it's really putting the pressure on Van, Van Bronckhorst. It, I think it's a wee bit unfair as well for Van Brockhorst and the fact that he has kind of been left out to dry by the board. There, there was clear frailties in the team. It's, it's weird because we brought in so many players, yet we still look light. We still look like we're missing something. Um, and obviously we got this Champions League, Champions League money, then we're charging 180 quid for uh, the free match tickets for the Champions League home games, and then we don't bring in anybody. Um, no, I'm not great at maths, Ryan, but that seems like that's sixty pounds a ticket you just said. Yes. That sounds like naked profiteering to me. Um, did you hear that the rumor that Rangers are apparently being taken over? I did not hear this. No. Apparently, that's why no one was brought in again. Twitter. So this this yeah, is highly. But it would be an interesting prospect, I think, if Rangers were to get bought out. Yep. It would make it would make a lot of things make a lot of sense, though, wouldn't it? That's where yeah, because you you felt like there should be incomings, but it yeah. might just be the finance of the club. Who but, knows? Well, but supposedly, according to by UEFA, no, warned by UEFA about FFP. Well, according to the the boys at the top of the club, we are fine now. We are absolutely rosy. So what's 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 going on there? Uh, quickly, just before we do move on, talking about how Ange is definitely a different level from Geo, I think. It needs to know that Ange has also won a lot more as a manager. Yeah, obviously, it's... He also not like he's spent a lot more time in management, hasn't he? He has. He's he has. Coached, he's coached in multiple conferences, which which helps. As well. I think Gio has as well. But well, I'm pretty sure he's he's 
caused in Did Holland you not dub it in China? In China and did shit yeah. in China when he did it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, whereas Ange, it feels like he's, as much as he didn't have his coaching badges when he joined, which was quite, but he feels like he's earned his stripes. He has, well, like he's did, gone about it in a lot. Well, I'm almost certain he, he won uh, the Asia Cup with um, Australia. He won. Uh, multiple trophies in Australia with Australian teams. I'm not sure who. So he he's definitely proved himself on that side of the world. He's proven himself on this side of the world. Geo, it's I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it is a board problem or if look it it might be a board problem, but that filters down eventually. And if that means Geo loses problems. the pardon, it feels like there's multiple problems. Like it feels like there's something we don't know about. I don't know. It just yes. Something feels off with yeah. Rangers at the moment. You watch them on the pitch, they don't look as inspired. Their transfer window was a bit underwhelming. It, it's a weird one. It should have been such a happy time, and you should be steamrolling into the season off the back of a European final. If you'd, if Aaron Ramsey had converted his spot kick, <laughs> I think we would be in such a different reality right now. You're right. You're yeah, right. But I think really what's, what's worth actually relating this to, right? is um, when Pochettino took Spurs to a Champions League final, everything looked up for Spurs. They'd had a, a relatively weak season. It wasn't what they wanted, but they got to the Champions League final. People went, fuck, Spurs are maybe turning into something. It was didn't win it, but it was like a statement of intent. And then Pochettino was gone by October. Is it worth saying maybe he's reached the pinnacle and it's only downhill from here and they're kind of running out of steam? I think so. You know, it's one of those where at Tottenham, that felt like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. They're never going to get such an easy... Like, not an easy, but like such a... Lucky. It was luck. Run for Champions <laughs> League. It was just like everything went right. Yeah. You know what I mean? One of those runs for Champions League final, they're never going to get that again. And that group of, for that group of players, it was over. Yeah. Does it feel the same for Rangers in terms of they can still win the league and still win the cup? They are never going to win the Europa League. Is that... I, Has I, that had its toll on morale? I know you're never going to admit, but like, you know what I mean? No, no, you're is right. It, yeah. it but what's worth thinking about is the 2019 League Cup final, I think that only two oh, of the players yeah, that started that, that game for Celtic still start now, and eight or nine start for ten. Rangers. So it's a Rebo... I'm pretty sure ten are still the club. I guess the Rebo's <laughs> not there. Uh, a Rebo's obviously not the club. Al McGregor's not starting now. Um... Yeah. It, it just shows that they've right, yeah. they've they've literally had their their refresh. They had their off season, and then they've built, and we've just kind of. However, you could say Rangers have stagnated, but I feel like that squad's built and it's improved together. Like you are right, yeah. It's also that was your rebuild, so a lot of those players were signed on two or three year deals. It's only been three years, well, two and a half. So very true, and like, and in fairness. This this squad did technically do what it was meant to do. It won the league. Win the league. It, it did it. It won the league and it won a Scottish Cup. Took us to a European final. So I don't know. I, I really don't know what's the next for Rangers. And we've spoken far too long about the old farm teams. Uh, As always. Um, dude, get away. Yeah. Hearts. Hearts are playing. I'm not even going to try. I actually Googled this and it's I was like. Classics are here. Yeah, I Googled it and I was going to try and say it. But. <laughs> I think it's Bashik here, but I don't know. So I think you're right. It's Ambil B. <laughs> so, Hearts <laughs> are obviously good. played at home. Um, the Istanbul are currently fourth in the Turkish Super League. Beat, uh, obviously, Manchester United in Champions League a few years ago. It's at home. It's at the Tencastle Games. Supposedly sold out. I hope a, a, a good Hearts team turns up. Turkish football is really unpredictable. It is. Year to year, I mean, Galatasaray finished bottom half last season. So, like, from year to year, it changes so much. Well, St. Johnson and got a draw with Galatasaray. To be fair, they also drew Barcelona last season, so... Yeah, you got this, this a... year, they've rebuilt massively. Yeah. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. and done some really nice business, Galatasaray. I know they're not really... They're not playing anyone now, but they have done really nice business, gotten loads of players. So, it is, it's a very volatile, I think, yeah. Kind of a word to describe it. It's either all or nothing. I feel like as well the big three in Turkey. So this is going off on a bit of a tangent. Besiktas, Fenerbahce, and Galatasaray have had a bit of a sticky spill over a few years. Lots of financial problems. So teams like mm-hmm. Istanbul, Basak, Sierra, can't say it again, and 
I was on Sport have taken advantage and they've both won the league and you know first few teams outside of those big three to win the league in a long time. So it's interesting they're in the Conference League this year because they were in the Champions League two years ago. I don't know the state of their squad now, but I wonder quite how much has changed and if how much weaker they are as a squad. Well, so, on the flip that, side I mean, of that, for for Hearts, mm-hmm. obviously they've um they've just lost Liam Boyce for the whole season. It looks like an ACL tear. They've brought in Snodgrass. Um, I don't I went on Liam Boyce. So I was gonna say he, Liam Boyce was injured in the St Johnston game. Um, Daniel Phillips tackled him, and it wasn't the tackle; it was the way he landed. So yeah, yeah. He did his ACL, and we saw him on crutches after the game, and you know, you know that's not a good sign. No, um, so obviously at this point, I, I hate that when it's a good player. Liam Boyce is a really good player. He's he's not gonna be back for this season. Yeah, which is so disappointing. So Hearts have brought in Snodgrass. I don't know if Snodgrass is registered for Europe. I wouldn't imagine so. Very good question. I don't think so. Yeah, no, you've got to submit your European squad the week before, I think. Yeah, so he will not be on that list, which is a bit of a loss for Hearts, especially when they are struggling for squad depth at the moment for what they're going to try and do. Um, But then again, he can play in the league. He's only played played 15 games last season. He did. He's um, turning 35 next week. I like Snodgrass. Very good player. Do you think this is one move too far? I think the game up here might pass him. It's interesting. I saw a lot of Hearts fans. A lot of Hearts fans either hated it or there was a couple of people that were like, this is exactly what we need. He'll do what we need him to do. And I was like, will he? In the league, I think he'll be a solid option. But I... Interesting. Also bizarre that he waited so long. Like he had offers from Motherwell and plenty of other teams. And he waited so long. Contract. How long is his contract? Do you know if it's a year or two years? I'm honestly not sure. I hope it's not two years. (laughs) For a defender or a goalkeeper, I think you can get away with that. But in the middle of a park, you've got to still be up to speed. And he's had plenty of injury problems over the last few years. Like him as a player a lot, really rate him. But I think this might just be too far. I think he he could have a great season for Hearts. But if I was to nail my (laughs) pin to any mast or whatever, it would be that he's going to be a bit of a flop. I um, talking about Hearts, we're going to mention it a little bit later, but they've signed Xander Clark. Xander finally has Other man who waited for another contract. Um, and funnily enough, if he'd waited another day, he probably would have got the gig at Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting one. Also, strange to me that Hearts waited so long to sign him. I agree. They waited till the second the window shuts. They must have been like, we'll see if anyone better comes up. And then... Went for it. You know what I mean? It just seems strange. It, it it see, a lot of I, I don't know why he is so undervalued as a player by... Times and stuff. We're replying... So Pine Bovril said he's one of the... Be- uh, Hearts have got two of the best keepers in the league now on their books. He's right, yeah. I don't that statement. Sander Clark's probably fourth, I think. Um, And Rangers and Hibs fans and Celtic fans were replying, he's so overrated, he's so shit. People didn't rate him until he scored against Rangers at Ibrox. Yeah, he's such an underrated player i don't get it like, you see a video of his highlights are saints you see, i mean we've watched him week in week out caden you can only say how good he is but he's one of the best keepers i've ever seen yeah i completely agree. he is i think i've seen a very i i have seen possibly because i i like him more as a player the only player i've seen that is more of a just brilliant player in a Saints goalie top is Alan Manis. And that might just be bias on me because he's my I favorite player. I think Alan player, Manis but... is better overall, but Xander Clark had maybe more of a flashy save in him. Z- Xander mm-hmm. Clark is a more of a more of a modern day. If... Yes. But if... More modern day kind than Alan of... Manis. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't have that. Not Alan Manis is still playing, I'll like... have you know. Exactly. Shamrock Rovers, eat your heart out. I've done a wee bit of research, by the way. Uh, Snodgrass's contract expires May 31st, 2023. That makes sense. No, one year. One year. That... Okay. Yeah. I don't I mean, see them extending for it. one year, he'll probably do a job. Will he, though? He you played 13 know. times for Luton last season. 13. I I think he'll... I don't think he'll be useful in the European League. But I January. think he'll be a good rotation player in the league against your lower half teams, your Livingstons, your St Mirrens, your... Ross County. He did only play for, um, 13 games, but then again, he did only join in like January or February. That's true. 
Um, but he barely played for West Brom. Was it West Brom? Was it before that? And you've got to remember, yeah, there's yeah. like what forty six games in a championship in season. The championship. Yeah, yeah. More than enough no, time for him to play some football. It's um, I wonder how many injuries he had as well. That'll be an interesting one. Caden, click over to the tab that says yeah, injuries. And I'm on it. I'll quality production up. So, um, Ryan, Xander <laughs> Clark, your opinions? I think he's uh, one of the best keepers in Scotland. Uh, I think it's weird for him to... He could have been a starter for Dundee United. Um, but uh, apparently his agent was going back and forth from one to two much. Dundee United didn't want him. His agent's Jackie McNamara. I, I don't know, is it? <laughs> yes, it is. It wasn't a question. That's bizarre, because he was ex-Dundee United manager. Apparently it was just he wanted too much for Xander. I think he valued Xander at what we value Xander at, and Dundee United didn't. Was basically what it came down to. Yeah, this could yeah. all be fucking bullshit. I read this on, on Twitter or something. So, or the okay. Saints banner oh, yeah, page. Saints banner page. That's gospel, mate. Don't know what you're about. So... For West Brom onwards, he has not missed the game due to injury. He missed one day of training due to knee problems. Oh, that could be a so problem. The last, time, the last time he missed the game was when he played for West Ham, where he oh, was right. out for 42 days while back injury. That's actually surprising. Yeah, interesting. I feel unless like Transmark just don't... Unless also, knee injury were for Hull for 63 games. 464 days. It was when it was on, he was on his pump form-wise. That's Premier League season where he started with like a shitload of goals and assists and he got injured just as teams were trying to buy him. So then it was only West Ham who were interested the following January. It was quite quite rough, I think. Quite disappointing. It's one I'm remembering. Um, just but quickly, yeah. uh, on Xander, before we, we move on, it's uh, you mentioned as soon as uh, in our chat, you were like, does he want to play second fiddle to Craig Gordon? Um, I can only imagine this is a like a, a next feel. season. Yeah, this yeah. must be a next season idea. I've had a change on how I feel. So okay. at first, I saw it and I was like, that is so uninspiring. Going to be on Hearts' bench, sitting around Craig Gordon, because Craig Gordon's the best keeper in the country. Yes. Because I didn't know it was a three-year deal at first, I'll be honest. I kind of just saw the tweets and I was like, oh, what a disappointment. You, you see him leave the club. I love Xander Clark. I wanted the best. I wanted him to go down south and be no, number one. I wanted him, wherever he went, to stake a claim for a Scotland jersey. Game signed for Hearts, the team with the best goal in the league, apart from Joe Hart maybe, but you're going, is he just going to be number two? But then you factor all in. Gordon's obviously, is he 40? 40 now? 41? He's, 40, 41, he's up yeah. there. Um, so, if it's a three-year deal, you'd imagine he... I think this season, the plan from what I've heard is, um, again, on Twitter, that he'll be playing... Every couple games, so like after European games, he might play the league match and stuff like that. Sorry, kids, face after a camera. Hey, how are you Um, so did it just face into the camera? Jesus, just leaning side on right into the camera. Audio listeners can't see it, obviously, but kid is just putting his face closer and closer down video call. Close and personal. Anyway, so I think he's a really good goalie. I think he'll play one in three, maybe one in four for Hearts this season, which isn't enough, in in all honesty. But it might be enough to stake his claim in the Scotland squad because Steve Clark will never pick a St Johnston player, no matter what. He had a chance to pick Rooney, Kerr, or Xander when we won the double, and their stock was high, and he didn't. So you know he's never picking a Saints player ever. So this is mm. probably a move to further his Scotland career, and it's a move with next year in mind. I think if he play, starts playing well for Hearts this season, he could be number one by the first game of next season. Uh, I completely agree. I think I think you are right. But despite, obviously, people think that goalkeepers, because they're in goal, that fitness isn't typically an issue. But with the amount of games that Hearts will be playing this season, playing Xander, like you're saying, one every three games, one every four games, is probably going to be best for Craig Gordon, his, his body. And also, it's like you said, hopefully we will get to see Sander stake his claim. Hopefully play well. I hope he proves a point at Hearts. I hope that he goes to Hearts and actually proves to all these doubters that he's actually a hotshot goalkeeper and that people should never have been doubting him. He deserves a Scotland cap. He deserves to be our number one. Um, I, I fully believe it. There's nobody better than him other than Craig Gordon at the moment for that Scotland, that Scotland jersey. Um, I feel like you've got to look to the future and getting blooded in now rather than the case of being 34 and never having a cap. And then all of a sudden you're left with a shorthand of goalies. Obviously Liam Kelly's coming through. I think he's the one they've earmarked as number one. 
because he used to play for Rangers. So I feel like bad pedigree. Um, in the eyes of Steve Clark. So now, now that Xander's at a quote unquote big club and doesn't play for a team like St Johnston, I think he might actually get a couple caps, which fair play to him. Talking about St Johnston, they won the three 0 didn't they? It's their biggest what? Their biggest home win since twenty eight. Uh, their biggest win since twenty eighteen or something. Is it actually? Uh, I saw something uh, on the banner page. Uh, bar, I think bar Inverness. Bar cup games in that. Bar Inverness. It was a league game. Yeah. In in the league, it's our biggest win since Callum Davidson. Oh, is that 2018? Would that be when we beat Dundee 4-0 at Downs Park? I think it is something like that. It was, yeah, I think it was, yeah. We're in the yellow kit. That was, that was hot. Um, <laughs> anyway, Ryan, 3-0. Have, have you caught the highlights? What have you got to say about this match? Becky Clark, right. So actually, what I have to say about this, right, is the sports scene commentator... You've just you've told me before we started recording that he missed a sitter, right? And that two minutes later scored a really good goal. The sports scene commentator went, "You give Nicky Clark a shot like that, and he's not gonna miss it." So you're telling me two minutes before the sports scene commentator said this, he missed a sitter. What am I to believe? Where he did? <laughs> I, I mean, he, he missed a I, chance. Oh, oh Caden's got his eyebrows furrowed. I I see. He might have right. And I remember I was, said, I was I just forgetting it in the sheer delirium of oh my goodness, we've taken the lead at home. <laughs> but you had a you had a one on one, I think. But I don't remember and, this. It was like a cutback and he skewed it over a bar. And I remember just looking into the video camera thinking, Oh dear. But then he went and scored an absolute worldie, so no complaints from me. Great control in the chest, Feel Bear esque, except when Feel Bear takes it on the chest, it's usually a pass. Um lovely volley. I, it, it hung in the air for what felt like an hour. I was, I just thought, is he going to score it? And it was a great finish. He got his foot quite high for it, from what I remember. Um, not really much time to catch the highlights back. It was calamitous defending. reaction. The def- oh, it was. It was, it was absolutely horrendous defending. But he's done very, very well to take control of that ball and I stick agree. it in the back of the net. When there's two but, boys jumping in front of you like that, to still have the awareness that the ball's going to come over the top of them and to catch it on your chest is brilliant. Um, but, like Sammy did say, it did seem like it was in the air for about a week. Like, I think I think I had my arm around John's neck, like, in a chokehold for about an hour, waiting for the ball to go in the net. Which, Just like, which John would that be, Caden? That would be Jonathan Kirkham, who flew all the way home from unique New York. Once again, <laughs> regular listener John Carcom. Um So, <laughs> well, what else about the Saints game? We played really well. Um, people were expecting a four-four-two. I'll be honest, when I saw the lineup, I thought that's what it was going to be. It instead ended up being five, but with Carey and Murphy in midfield. So, it ended up they they played quite high and like wingers when in possession. So, almost ended up with a five-one-four at times. As if that's not attacking intent, I don't know what is. It was. The shape, they kept their shape really well. Don't get me wrong, didn't dominate the game. First half, we looked a bit weak in midfield. Could probably do with having, I mean, it was Murphy and Holberg, basically. Uh, no, was it Murphy and Carey and Carey. Holberg? Yeah. I feel like you need one more combative midfielder in there. Phillips came on and played very well. So if he can, sh- Murray Davidson will probably be back in for a killer game, I would bet, away from home especially. But I thought, as much as we didn't dominate the midfield, second half, we were very good. We looked really fluid, and we actually created chances, which was the more important thing, to have shots on goal. So the question I've written down, uh, are things looking up for St. Johnson? You've got a good set of fixtures coming up. A lot of people are confident you could get a good chunk of points out of them. How are you feeling about it? No less than six points from the next three games. No less than six. has to be the target. It has to be the target. If you're not, I mean, you've got to aim for nine points if you're in the dressing room, but as a realistic fan, aiming for six at the least, to be honest. Four is probably the very minimum I would take because if you don't take advantage of these fixtures, we then go to Celtic and get pumped eight nil at home, and all of a sudden I think it very much depends road. on the result at Kilmarnock. I think if we manage to beat Kilmarnock, I think we could pull nine points. I think if we lose to Kilmarnock, I could see us picking up maybe three if we're lucky or one. Yeah, I. It's a balancing act. It feels like a run. It's a really good chance to kick on. And finally, just get a run going, win some games, and pull away from the bottom half of the table. It's what you need. It really, it's what Cam Davidson I feel needs. Like, 
now we've actually got Nicky Clark, someone who can score goals. As much as I mean, Steve May looked a man reborn. He was brilliant. As much as I do like Theo Bear, him and May up front does not look like the answer. And Chris Kane's going to be out until next year. So Clark is the man up front. He was excellent in his debut. He just inspired confidence. And having two up front, it felt like we were going to give it a go and properly go for them. Um, Kilmarnock, I mean, we'll talk about that in the preview, but I feel like we've got to win that. I mean... As much as I like Derek McInnes, I don't think Kilmarnock are anything great, anything special. No, they've not looked strong this season. Not looked strong this season. You know what? Last time we said they're going to draw, they got scudded 5-0. So I think they're going to draw. Well, the thing is, it's not even an arrogance of, oh, we're St. Johnson, we should be beating teams. Of course it isn't. (laughs) But it's more of a, um, just a hope. You just hope they can kick on in those games. It's not, we should be beating teams like Kilmarnock. It's more of a, we could beat a team like Kilmarnock, is how I feel in my mind. Like We we could really take advantage of a set of fixtures. Because you've got to be looking at these teams as teams that will be around us at the end of the season. And that's how you stay up, and that's how you finish strong, is by beating the teams around you. Well, if you're a St Mirren fan, um, it was all over Twitter, you, they should be beating a team like St Johnston, apparently. I think St Mirren are forgetting where they were just three years ago uh, in the relegation playoffs against Dundee United. So, no, since the split was introduced, they've never finished top six. <laughs> That's insane. That's a... I don't even finish top six in like 30 years. But they should be beating a team like St. Johnson, Samuel. Ridiculous. You know, Ridiculous. What, are, are we still in the second or are we third now? The most successful team in the past decade. Hmm. <laughs> well, I, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter because St. Marin are doing in about 23rd. So... Exactly. They'll cherish that League Cup winner rather in 2012. <laughs> um, but the yeah, League Cup. So... It's no real to you win a cup double, though, is it? That really christens it. Um, nah, that makes you I mean, a big club. St Mirren just didn't look good, and they took an absolute scudding. I mean, don't wrong. I don't think they were the disparity between the teams was not three 0 But I mean, McLennan came on, new signing as well. He was excellent. Ronaldo chopped inside and got hacked down to win the penalty. Graham Carey, one of the best penalties you will ever see. Bang into the top right corner. Overall, fairly deserved win for Saints and a fairly deserved loss for Saints. <laughs> I, I like that, but it was like, uh, I made a tweet on the TSF Twitter account that was like Saints uh, leading against Saints. I was like, I wanted to make, I just wanted to say that. I, I had you no reason to tweet. Really funny, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I found the tweet on uh, the Facebook post from Saints. Enjoy your night, Saints fans. <laughs> I mean, that was really good. Subjective. But yeah, so. I like that a lot. A good result. At, la- at long last, a big home win. It's exactly what we needed. I mean, that's more home goals than we'd scored all season until now. We hadn't scored a home goal until Saturday. It's it's bought Callum Davidson a good chunk of time now, I think. Again, where it's like... Now when we've got six points in the bank, it certainly helps. Yeah. Especially with such a tough run of opening games. Like, our, this is the first game. And Carrick Nicholson of Courier pointed out, this is probably the first game that you would say we are favourites in all season. Yeah, I, I, you know, I away at Motherwell, Aberdeen, stuff like that. Like it's away to Rangers. It's tricky matches. Well, we'll move on to this weekend's fixtures. Um, I'm not going to talk about Aberdeen versus Rangers. I think Aberdeen win. I'm just going to say that. I think Aberdeen win, but I'm not going to talk about really? Rangers mainly because we spent 25 minutes talking about Rangers and Celtic at the start of this podcast. Just um, read out the note that. Um, <laughs> I know it's been you read the note and I'm going to make a wee comment and then we can call it a day on that one. Well, I didn't write this. I just want this known. I will read it out that I did not <laughs> write this. Did. We are the people and all that because we are. We are the people. <laughs> no surrender. Come on, Ryan, with a, bit of, with a bit of enthusiasm. <laughs> we are the people. <laughs> well, Celtic Livingston, I think that's my job. <laughs> we skip away from the Aberdeen game. Um, Postacoglu's side, um, Celtic look unstoppable. I mean, we've spoke about them plenty. I think we'll. I'm just gonna say, as much as Livingston did hold them to a nil nil draw last time out, it was last October when Celtic were a bit crap. I think this will be four or five nil. I don't think it'll be nine, not yet, but I think it'll be a solid four or five. I think Livingston shock them, take the lead, then get humped five one. <laughs> it'd be like six one. It's like poking a bear scoring against Celtic. You just make them angry. <laughs> it's true. Kyogo's going to get really frustrated and score four. And then minutes. fall over and dislocate his shoulder. <laughs> so you should um, then celebrate after scudding them 6-0 and fuck it even more. 
A Celtic win would keep him top of the league for another week, Ryan, just so you're aware. Thanks. But it doesn't matter when Rangers lose. Uh, Caden, I believe you're taking the next one. If you're not gonna Dundee United Hibs, what an exciting game. Said I I mean, it's it's a big game, but it's just so unenjoyable for anyone that's in neutral. <laughs> yeah, I really dislike Dundee like, United. I really dislike Hibs. Uh I'm not excited. I like it's one of these games that should be good, but it won't be. It'll be dreadful. Yeah, for for fans involved, it's quite a tasty fixture. Like, obviously, Dundee United still have their tent manager, Liam Fox, and so it would be good to see him keep his winning streak up and possibly be moved into a full-time role because I don't really see who else they're going to get in, if I'm honest with you. No. But it's it's one of those where either either team could win. It very much depends who turns up on the day, in my opinion. But. Just yeah, an uninspiring fixture for anyone that isn't a Dundee United or a Burnier fan. Just... It'll be an interesting one to see if Liam Fox can keep his unbeaten start as manager going though. And I I think that um, I understand the the position Dundee United are in right now, but I think Reed Johnson could really do with going there and get a good result, beating them two 0 yeah. beating them three 0 whatever three one, like actually get a good performance out of that Hibs team, like an actually good performance. Yeah. Um, not just one where they frustrate Dundee United. So much. Say again? Like they've, they've won a really convincing performance would help. Like they've yes. won a few games, but not really by battering anyone or playing great football. It's more by just kind of shit housing a bit. They've got um new signing Harry McCurdy. Um, we've put an article about him on the website. He's an exciting player. I think he w- he could be the difference for Hibs um in these kind of games. He's got a great technique. He's a bit of a shit house himself. Loves a yellow card. Likes winding the fans up. And a proven goal scorer, so well, interesting to see him get on. From what you were telling me, and from what I read from your article on the website, is that Hibs fans are really excited that that he seems like he's going to be a hell of a player for them. Um, I'm excited to see him in action. To be fair, I always like when these new signings that have a little bit of oomph behind them come into the league because you do want to see what they can do. Are they going to light it up for a season? Um, yeah. Um, Kilmarnock v St Johnston uh, lightly mentioned um, that already I'm gutted to be missing this one because I was looking forward to a Kelly pie but <laughs> unfortunately I'll have to wait until like March or whenever we play him again um, Kelly will be without Ash Taylor who was sent off against Hibs he'll be a big miss because I mean he's been a pretty key presence at the back for Hibs uh, for Hibs for Derek McInnes is Kilmarnock <laughs> um, and if Saints play like they did last week they'll win Uh Nicky Clark must start. That's basically all I've got to say. We've talked about it quite a lot, Saints, but we need to win this game, I think, to really kick on. If we lose, it's not going to get him sacked, but if you win, it gives you a platform to build on. I agree. If you win this, it will feel like you can do it, like not have to fight against relegation come the end of the season. Hopefully you can get a comfortable mid-table finish, and actually this would be a good place to start to give you some breathing room. Um, moving on, Ross County v Motherwell, Caden. Another thrilling fixture. Oh, another game of just two Ugh, teams. As they say, it's been, it's been a delight this week. The four You've got teams. A real for Scottish football. For someone who does a Scottish just, podcast just, every match. Oh. I was thinking that. I was like, he, he's the re- like he is English fans. He's like, it's just passionate. <laughs> nobody's nobody wants to watch this. It's just shite. I like Saints and I like watching the old firm so I can shout at both of them. <laughs> but it's just Ross County or just I don't. I just hate them. And Motherwell. I hope Stevie Hamill seeming to get getting them kicking on a wee bit, but it's still not great. Once again, an, another another game where either team, depending on who turns up on the day, could pull three points from it. But I How think do you feel about um, Ross County drawing one all of Aberdeen last week, Caden. Your um, heart was broken in ninety plus five. I I, I wasn't I wasn't chuffed with it. But however, I was chuffed because I saw someone I don't like on Twitter who shall remain nameless for anonymity uh, lost it on a bet of one thousand three hundred and seventy pounds. <laughs> so, 
I'll know exactly who he means as well. <laughs> yeah, and if Ryan, you don't, I'll tell you after. Oh, by the way. You'll probably know. I was going to say, if you're, a Saint, if you're a Saints fan, you'll definitely know. Talking about that, that 95th minute goal, I think I, I'm in love with Akio. Is that is his name? Akio? Yeah, I believe so, Akio. I, I've discovered that he has a YouTube channel and he's just a delight. He's a delight of a human being, you know. He seems delightful. He he got injured at the start of the season playing against East Fife. So this was his uh, first appearance at home for Ross County. And he goes and scores a 95th minute equaliser after a bunch of Aberdeen fans had pitch invaded over there the 88th minute goal. Did you see that um, goal from Duke? Oh, excellent. Flicks goal. it up and overhead kicks it in. That's... Disgraceful. That was so good. If um, if we're going by what Caden's saying, that that basically that shouldn't happen in Scottish football because it's shite. Scottish football doesn't have (laughs) stuff like that happening. I didn't say it was shite. I said I don't like the teams because they are shite. (laughs) Well, Caden, some of the listeners might. So pretend you care. Put a smile on. That's fine. Us. If you if you if you can honestly say you like David Martindale and put a smile on and fake it, that's fine. This is like James McFadden trying pre- to talk positively about Rangers on sports scene. Just... Exactly. And then I'll I'll pretend I like traipsing up to Dingwall. He's our Chris Boyd of the podcast. <laughs> I, to be fair, <laughs> I wrote down in my my notes for my phone for this podcast that. Uh, I really dislike Dingwall, but I really like Akio, and th- I feel like he is the one shining light of that tiny little shithole. In a desolate hole, there is always a silver lining. <laughs> I think it's clouds. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could think a glimmer of hope. That's it. A well, glint of happiness. Whatever. Talking of like. glimmers of hope, Hearts versus St Mirren, Ryan. You're gonna tell us that how this is such an exciting game, but you want to watch. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of interested, right? So we talked about the whole Xander thing earlier, and obviously Hearts are playing in their first European game, uh, their first European group stage game of the season on Thursday. They're looking stretched as a team. They're going to be tired. It's almost guaranteed that they're going to be tired. Um, they don't have the depth to really be handling this. One too many injuries as well, the loss of boys. Um, it'll be interesting. Finally, thought Robert's not dressed. Yeah, exactly. Robert Snodgrass is going to score three in his first game. Right, I mean, one man midfield, he's going to score like 12 goals, six assists, but 18 now. I was going to say, out of, any, out of every player in the top five leagues, he has the ninth most assists from set pieces or something stupid in the top five leagues. That's insane. <laughs> what the fuck? Which... And now, do you know, remember when my face was really close to the camera and I was squinting because I couldn't believe my eyes? That's what I was reading. Right, okay, can you just... Can you and I've been waiting the whole time to we whip back round to hearts so I could bring it up. Do you mean current players? Active players? Uh, yes. So, Is like, that... Trimble, Trimble's number one. I think, like, Leno Messi's number three. Uh, Ashley Westwood's 17. They're the only ones I remember bar Snodgrass, but... I'm in awe. I'm actually in awe. <laughs> That's the only thing he's top ten in, like at all. I, 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 <laughs> Messi. I can't like, believe this. That's mental. Anyway, that was on transfer mark. The link shall be out on our Twitter if you'd like to read it because <laughs> it is unbelievable. <laughs> I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, Robert Snodgrass, I imagine he will probably make his debut for Hearts this weekend. Obviously, like we said, we don't think he's in the European squad. I don't think he would be able to be registered. Um, at least I, for this yeah, I don't think he can. No, I don't think so. St Mirren will obviously look to bounce back after what their fans called a disgraceful defeat to St Johnston. from the real yes. St John, the real Saints. The proper Saints. Hearts under a lot of pressure. People are starting to question Nielsen. Yeah, it's, it's weird, like... I think that people are expecting too much from Hearts now. Like, because they... They, they did so well. But, but the thing is, right, they did well, but they didn't do amazingly. They just built up enough of the gap in that first, like, two-thirds of the season that they got to third comfortably. Kind of fell off towards the end of the season. And then, um, because they were so far ahead of Dundee United, it didn't really matter. And then... Even Saints beat them. Yeah, exactly. And it's like... 
Exactly. <laughs> Keen Zykes and Johnston beat them. It's, it, and now they've got these European fixtures, their team's not deep enough to deal with it. it what do they expect them to do? Like, he brought them to a Scottish Cup final last season. He's got them into European group stage football. And I hate this thing that people are like, well, it just happened that they finished third this season and not Aberdeen because Aberdeen had an off season. It's, they finished third. At the end of the day, they finished third. It does not matter. Um, it, w- Green fans are so funny. They're like so arrogant because people were saying, oh yeah, Jack Ross took Hibs to third with Aberdeen, uh, with Hibs, sorry, took Hibs to third. And Aberdeen fans were saying, oh, that's only because we had an off season. You had a few off seasons in a row now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's not like it was a God-forgiven right for you to be given to be in third place. Exactly. Aberdeen have no divine right to be finishing third. I, I'm quite surprised, right, to see some Hearts fans calling for Nielsen's head. I just think it shows how fickle and how short memory football fans are. Um, I reckon that we probably will see Hearts win anyway. But you know, it's football. You can always get shocked. I hope Xander makes his debut. Because that would just that would uh, be a delight for my weekend. Because I really like Xander Clark. He's a clean sheet. Me too. Um, just one from more thing I want to mention before we finish up the pod here. On September seventeenth at half twelve, Gene Field Swifts will be playing in the first round of the Scottish Cup uh, against Brecon City at Riverside. Um, I imagine like the last season's Scottish Cup fixtures were honestly brilliant for Gene Field. It was a great experience. So if uh, you don't happen to be watching any other football that weekend, recommend coming down. Plus, you'll get to see our uh, sp- sponsor player, Sam, make his debut in the Scottish Cup. Regular listening. Yeah. If you want to see Sam Townsley keep a clean sheet against Brecon, um, so no pressure, Sam, you've now got to keep a clean sheet, then yeah. head down. Exactly, I have put my and life savings on it. If, if I've got time, I will pop down, say hello, and support Gene Field. Watching the Cup run last season was brilliant, the Annan game. For what thirty seconds, me and you thought we were one 0 up. Oh, we were delightful! <laughs> me and Samuel have known each other what like two months. If that, we're hugging no, each no, other. No, 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 a week. <laughs> yeah, we're like we're like hugging each other and uh, we're screaming. I was like, oh, what a delight! I kind of got chalked off, <laughs> and it wasn't offside. It wasn't offside. Was could change the entire game. That anyway, it'd just I be it'd be good to yeah, see that, see a good you support. We're winning the cup at that point. And if you go, you'll it'll be finished in time for you to make it to the St. Johnson game if you're in the area. So Yeah, exactly. There's no reason not to go. Last season, Genie uh, actually brought more fans to Annan than Annan had, which is, a, a, what, what was it, two and a half hours, three hours from Perth to Annan? Um, well, well, you're going at 90 miles an hour, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> which, of course, no one did, because that would be against the law. I drove from Aberdeen to Perth no, no, to Annan that day. <laughs> He's at 70 miles an hour in 70 zones <laughs> and when the speed limit was 20 he drove 18 just to be safe <laughs> it's true we parked in the parking that wasn't for us and just strolled on in just said we were media and they went alright just let us in um, that's the joys of it but you say you're media and they just let you in at that level yeah they just do no like, brilliant so at the Hearts game for Saints, just to heart back, my name wasn't on the list and they wouldn't let me in, so I had to get someone to go in, prove I was on the list and let me in. Whereas at Genefield, you go in, I am here for me. Oh, no problem. They, they <laughs> just let you stroll on in. Don't even question it. It's good fun. Anyway, yeah, it'd be great to see some people down there. I imagine it'll probably be one of the biggest crowds of the season for Genie, especially playing against a team like Brecon. That's good fun. Um, yeah, it's been awesome I to be Brecon. back. <laughs> we we're, we're, at the 10th episode now of the the main series which means that we are doing better than most people's podcasts at this point and hopefully we'll make it to 10 more if i i if we still talk to each other in 10 weeks might not you know i have to say not because i'm not liking ryan's top at the moment (laughs) (laughs) i actually am i very much like that top it's an ajax top for anyone not uh, i made a joke i made a joke that um I had my Rangers top on, and because we got beat by Ajax, I have an Ajax top from 2004 that I just put on because I thought it'd be be quite a funny joke for the three of us to all enjoy on here, and now I'm being outed. So, thanks for that. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on Apple because it really helps. Also, you can leave reviews on Spotify, even if they are a bit funky. And remember to follow us on Twitter because for some reason. Can that please be the review? Can you just leave a review? That was a bit funky and call it a day. 
Shout out to regular listener Ewan Waddle. We've completed the hat trick. Um, there we go. <laughs> I also want to quickly say on that, we always talk about that we only have these free listeners, and but I do quickly want to say thank you to everyone that listens to the pod, because week in, week out, I think we're all just surprised that people listen to us talk shit yeah. about Scottish football, especially when people like Caden really dislike Scottish football. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really grateful for it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope uh, whenever you're listening to this, you're having a good morning, afternoon, or evening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Goodbye. See you.